Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's Ninth State Sports Show, Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me this week from the New Hampshire Football Report and the Union Leader, Roger Brown, stepping in for Mike Lockman. Roger, thanks for joining me. Happy to be here, Joe. Uh, we're once again recording the show at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. As always, you can send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, you can listen to the show every Wednesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. And, uh, you know, I, I, we're sitting here and it's uh, pitch black outside, which must mean we are, uh, we're in November because um, you know, I'm so used to it being light out at this time, as I'm sure everyone else is. And I really, um, really have a hard time believing that we've already made it through the entire regular season of the 2019 uh, football year. Uh, it definitely went quick. And for me, from like the first three or four weeks to now was really what took off you know yeah it seems like we we eased into it and then boom here we are playoff season you know yeah um which is sad for me because as you know i i have pants on which is a <laughs> bad day for me i can i can agree with that i i you know i i like the shorts because it gives me extra not that pockets. i walk around with no pants <laughs> just shorts <laughs> well I, I i thought that was implied but yeah. you know um i like the extra pockets to to put my notebooks in or or you know water or something um you know, and I and I think I need to go either from shorts straight into jackets, so I have those extra pockets. I'm sure everyone's very interested in this, but um, it, it, I feel like it's worth mentioning. Yeah, everybody's in the same boat. Yeah, you know? I'm sure other people feel this way, but yeah, it's black outside. It's cold outside. I went to the Pinkerton game Friday. It was brutally cold, and I woke up that morning. I looked the weather, and it said it was going to be like 60 something degrees at eight o'clock at night, and it was not. You know, it changed <laughs> quickly. Uh, it was freezing. And uh, so, you know, got to buckle in for the next few months. Well, yeah, I hope you're ready for uh, for this weekend then, because I think it's supposed to be in the 30s uh, Friday and Saturday. Um, just it, I mean, it's going to be it's playoff playoff time, playoff weather. But uh, it's going to be a shock to the system, I think. Not that we had a hot fall, but it was mild enough. Yeah, it was nice, uh, you know. Uh, of course, we just found out um, earlier uh, recording this on Monday. So earlier today. Um, found out the playoff matchups for uh, all four divisions. Um, I mean, we already knew what Division Four was going to look like a week ago. Um, had a pretty good idea, I think, uh, both of us of what one, two, and three were also going to look like. No real surprises. Um, did you anything that surprised you when they released the uh, the pairings today? That's what I look for because you never know. You know, <laughs> <laughs> see if there's anything that doesn't look right up there. Uh, but no, it was pretty much as I think everybody with basic math figured out um figured it would be that's what it came out as so uh no real surprises um definitely some interesting matchups you know i would say um for first round matchups this year maybe more intriguing games than in a typical year right right i think anyways well i mean the one that kind of stands out i think and and we talked about a little before we started was the um the pinkerton londonderry rematch um pinkerton getting in by beating Bedford last week. I, I don't know about you, but I kind of, up until maybe three weeks ago, had pretty much left them for, for Dunn. Um, Pinkerton. I yeah, Pinkerton, I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. I thought they were I, – I think I wrote, you know, Pinkerton won't make the playoffs, but I still think they're one of the eight best teams in Division One at some point. Yeah. And, um, you know, somehow Goffstown, uh, somehow Goffstown pulled off that win against Salem and, you know – it must be their talent because it's not their coaching. <laughs> uh, you know, 
I, I got to imagine that um, this might be the worst nightmare for, for everyone out in Londonderry. I mean, not, oh, th- not to say, I mean, I would, I, you know, if, if we're playing this game on paper, I, I think Londonderry probably wins by three touchdowns. Uh, but there's a whole lot of other stuff going on. Um, yeah, I know they beat them, beat Pinkerton earlier this year, but y- you just never know. I think all the intangibles favor Pinkerton. Um, you know, other than the fact that they're playing at Londonderry, but <clears throat> I mean, the momentum that Pinkerton must have right now, you know, from going to thinking they were out of the playoffs to okay, you got a chance, and then winning the game that gets them in, earning the rematch against their rivals. The fact that they're huge underdogs, nobody's going to expect right. them to win. They're going to play loose, no pressure. All the pressure's on the other side. And if it's bad weather, even windy, any type of you know bad weather is going to favor Pinkerton in my mind. Well, I don't know if we could get much worse than it was last year. I mean, uh, the, the rain had finished by the time the game started, I think, last year. But that f- the Londonderry's field was a mud pit. Uh, and they still had some success throwing the football um, against Pinkerton. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe a little too much because I think they kind of relied on that maybe too much at the end of the game. Uh, but it was an interception that got pit- right. returned yep. that yep. ended up being the, pl- the play. The, yeah. Um, and I still think that's the type of game that Pinkerton wants, low scoring, you know, um, tough, no big plays, you know, tough, tough to strike quickly. Um, and I thought – I thought that's what Pinkerton did a good job of Friday night against Bedford was they tackled extremely well. Uh, you know, a lot of times it looked like if Bedford player could have made one guy miss, it could have been a big gainer, but they never did. Mm-hmm. You know, they were yeah. always, instead of 20-something yard gains, they were held to the five or six yards or whatever. Um, and that's what they'll have to do against Londonderry is limit their, their explosiveness and um, make them work for everything, march down the field and, I just think if it's windy or rainy or anything like that, that just adds to Pinkerton's, uh, uh, you know, things that help them in this matchup. On the other side of um, that cluster, the north-south cluster, you've got Salem going to Goffstown uh, for a rematch of a game from two weeks ago. The Goffstown won 29-28. I, I, I mean, not, I mean you, you mentioned it. I was also surprised that, that Goffstown pulled out a win there. But not just that they pulled out a win, but that they did it scoring 29 points against a Salem team that, outside of Londonderry, hadn't given up, I, I think, maybe 29 points all year. Yeah, um, probably just, the most physical team in yeah, the state, the yeah. Salem team. And, and honestly, I'll joke aside, you, you got to give Gosstown staff and players a ton of credit because they're way ahead of schedule, at least in my mind. You know, they got a, a lot of young players that are going to be very, very good. And, if, you know... To win the conference, seven and two, home playoff game. I mean, this is all gravy for them. I think. You know? I, yeah, they're a very Kudos sophomore, sophomore heavy group, and not just winning it, but they. I mean, the the team that they just beat to win the conference, they got blown out by. Yeah. Uh, earlier in the season, so I mean, I mean, it looked for for a large stretch of the year that they were going to be going on the road somewhere for a playoff game, and and here they are getting a host one wherever wherever it ends up being. Yep. Um, yep. You know, so it's, it, I mean, it, it's, if nothing else. Friday night at St. A's is when we want it. <laughs> it's when it would be, yeah. If, if you and I are putting the schedule together, uh, that game that game or any of these other games is on a Friday night. Um, right now, all still scheduled for Saturday. Um, but, I mean, that's that's got to be a big, just the experience of, of it is going to be big, I would think, for those young kids uh, at Goffstown. Yeah, and, it, and again, we, we talked about the, 
intriguing matchups, and, and that's one of them because Goffstown found a way to beat them the first time. So you got to, you know, certainly they can beat them. We know that. Where three weeks ago I wouldn't have given them much of a chance. So who knows what's going to happen I mean, there. Especially when we saw Salem beating Bedford the way that they did. Yeah. And knowing that Bedford had beaten Goffstown pretty pretty handily. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, then on the other side, I think, um, you know, one of the games that maybe wasn't quite as intriguing um, has become so because of, unfortunately, because of some injuries. But you have Merrimack uh, this year coming to Nashua North. They played last year in the quarterfinals at Merrimack. A game Merrimack won, what, 6 nothing in overtime? Um, this year, Nashua North comes in as the one seed, 9-0, and undefeated, but potentially without Curtis Harris again. Uh, of course, he got hurt two weeks ago when North beat Merrimack. Um, you know, still no real update on whether he's going to be playing or not, but it doesn't sound good. Yeah, I mean, I would, if I had to guess right now, even if he does play again this year, I'm going to say he doesn't play this weekend, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I just know that was the, uh, the thought process um, coming out of last weekend's game. You know, he was supposed to get examined um, today, Monday. Um, so... Until we hear results of what happened there, nobody knows for sure. It was uh, with Jaden Espinall that filled in for him at quarterback last week against Portsmouth. Um, you know, a, a pretty athletic kid, um, definitely a good football player, but, I mean, he's got some big shoes to fill, filling in for Harris, who potentially could be a player of the year. Uh, sure. If not this year, then definitely next year. Um, and then on the other side, um, you know, we don't definitely know what the status is of Merrimack's starting quarterback James Dowling he left the same game against North with an injury uh, I'm not sure what's up with him they'd also been mixing in Kyle Crampton a little bit at quarterback uh, so yeah that this could be it could be another um, six nothing overtime game uh, just for different reasons than yeah. last year I mean it was seven nothing like you mentioned against Portsmouth so you know yeah. if they don't have Harris uh, yeah you could definitely see a low scoring low scoring game there and I, and I don't know what to make of the Exeter South game, not to jump ahead. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I don't either. When these teams play back-to-back weeks, like seems to happen every year for some reason, um, it makes it a little tougher to gauge. I, you know, I saw the score of the last week's South Exeter game, and I was wondering if South was really, you know, if, if they really came to win, so to speak, since they I mean, they knew they were going to probably have yeah, to go to Exeter. High percentage, yeah. they were going to Exeter anyways, but. Um, and I don't know the answer to that still, but um, certainly, certainly wouldn't have blamed them if they, they didn't show everything and held back a few things for yeah. this week's game. Yeah, I mean, that was one that, um, you know, unless something crazy happened, um, you know, with, with Merrimack or BG, you know, they were going to end up being that three seed. Um, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate for, you know, for Bishop Girton that they had, they went into that Friday night game against Dover knowing that they were already eliminated. I, I you know, Definitely want to mention them for you know finishing six and three. Great um, year, great yeah. Especially considering that they, I think they lost about a thousand quarterbacks yes. uh, yep. throughout the season. Um, Not many people could have overcome what what they did at that position. Yeah, and had the season that they did. So to, kudos to, lose, to them yeah, as well. Yeah, to lose a kid that was you know probably got a ton of their re and Hayden Moses at the you know before the season even started got a ton of reps for them. Um, really went a hundred percent in, um, and then to lose his backup. And spend a couple games with uh, a, a kid who had never played quarterback before, um, and Joey Lupo trying to just basically run around and, and make something happen. I believe he got hurt as well later yep. in the year. Yep. Uh, Dylan Santasuaso came in and played pretty well for them um, as the year went on. 
So and he's I believe uh, junior or sophomore, so he's gonna he's got another year um, at least coming back. So that might be a team to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, moving forward. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, those are your Division One matchups. As we said, all all games on Saturday as of right now. Um, I did see that that Pinkerton Londonderry game got moved back to two, um, but the other ones are all at one o'clock. Same with the uh, Division Two games on Saturday. Um, and I think uh, it's I, I I don't know if if you could have what the odds were for this, but last year you had Sauhegan and Bow and Milford and Alvern finish out the regular season playing each other and then have to play each other again in the quarterfinals. And the same exact thing is happening again this year. Um, even to the point that, that Sauhegan has to go to Bow, um, where they went, la- you know, went last year in the quarterfinals. Um, so I, I don't know, like, what wh- – I, I guess the odds were probably like 10, 10% maybe, maybe less than it that. happens a lot. Of course, I've always – Division Two. I don't mind it as much, but it's a problem for me in D1 because – a lot of times it takes the meaning out of the way away from that last regular season game when you know uh like like south let's say even if they beat exeter they knew they weren't getting a home game right right even though they would have had the same record and won the tiebreaker and all that so that's why i i won't go off on a tangent but <laughs> i need to fix that <laughs> but i mean with this you know milford went into friday night's game against alvern knowing that it potentially could get the one seed you know alvern Potentially, I think, could have moved up to three or four if they'd have won. Um, you know, with what happened Friday night, Sauhegan was already in the playoffs before game started. Set their game against Bo started. But still, you know, if they win that game, I think they could have jumped up to four or five. Um, you know, and Bo needed that win to get the one seed after Milford had won. So, and, and that game, I, you know, went up to Bo. Um, and that game was, was highly entertaining. Um, uh, Steve Garrett may be one of the best... Uh, you know, best running backs that we haven't talked about all year. Um, just a, a phenomenal performance by that kid. Doesn't come off the field. I actually had got a, a nice chuckle from him afterwards because I talked to him after the game. We finished the interview. And I turn off my recorder and he says, uh, "I'm sorry if that wasn't good. I'm just so tired." <laughs> and I said, "Really? Why? Why would you be tired? Yeah, right. Like, I, I mean, what, had, have, you, what know, have you been doing all day? I right? had a, over 250 yards rushing, five touchdowns." Um, he was a, a monster on defense, um, but you know, as well as Bo played in the second half of that game, and they were able to come back and win. Sauhegan had a chance in that game. Um, some late fumbles did them in. Um, they, they were winning in the fourth quarter. They correct? were up in the fourth quarter. They first play of the fourth quarter. They're up um, 31-29. They've got the ball at Bo's 20, and a, mi- a bad handoff. Um, they fumble. Bo recovers, takes it, and goes. I think it was like a 15-play, 80-yard drive. Um, to take the lead and um, earlier in the game um, it was uh, Jake Savello from for Sauhegan made a, a phenomenal catch um, right along the, the sideline in the end zone I actually got video of it if you go to nh-highschoolsports.com you can check it out um, it was called out of bounds and I I want to say I do not blame the ref at all for calling because I watched it I'm standing right there I watched it live too I thought he was out of bounds I went back and 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 slowed it down as much as I could and it looked like he may what what I think the thing was is his knee came down in bounds and then his hand came down out of bounds and watching it live or watching it full speed they look simultaneous I mean slow it down and pause it yeah Yeah. Um, but I mean he laid out one made a one-handed catch tucked it in Uh, you know I guess long story longer Um, 
you know, they score that touchdown there, and it's a it's a different game too. Instead, they kick a field goal, and it's I think it was seventeen nothing or seventeen six at that point instead of twenty one six. One of these Division two teams is going to have to come up and play some defense. You know, uh, Pelham is the one yeah, that yeah. stands out. You know, they've been pretty consistent in that area, but that seems to be the question mark for a lot of these uh, other D two teams, particularly the ones in the South. Um, and really, I don't know if I ever remember a playoff field being as deep as this one is. Um, you know, it's like March Madness. I'm going with the sixth seed to, to win it, I to mean, come out of it. Um, but you could pick a lot of teams, and I could make a case for them winning it all, you know, in that field. I mean, going back to, to Pelham for a moment, I mean, they, they held uh, Milford, who scored, what, 40, 35 points or more against everyone else except Alvern to fit to 14 points in overtime. Um, you know, they held Hollis Brookline, who's sco- I think has a streak of they what they score 50, 50, yeah, plus. 50 a game. They held him to, to 15. Um, St. Thomas puts up a ton of points. They held them to 15. I, you I know, even so think one of their, I think they gave up two TDs against Alvern. I think one of them was a defensive touchdown for Alvern. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they're, um, so they stand out for that reason, you know. And, and that and that's something I think that gives you a pretty big advantage come playoff time is because, um, you know, again when the weather gets bad, you have to go on the road. Defense, you know, defense doesn't usually get affected by cold weather and, and road games. Right, right. And their first round matchup will be interesting too because with all the spread teams, you know, you got two, you know, old school offenses right. going at it. Wing t- wing T. Um, so that. You know, I, when was the last time that Plymouth, have Plymouth and Pelham probably ever played each other? That's a good question. I was, uh, you know, I thought about that earlier today, and I never, I didn't research it, but um, I mean, it'd have to be. Actually, I would guess no, because Pelham was in D five way, Pelham way back. Bounced around, and then I, but I, they skipped D four. They went from D five to D three. I remember they went up instead of down. Yeah, yeah. one year so. Um, I couldn't tell you. Uh, you know, I certainly don't recall it. And even if they were in the same division, a lot of years, everybody didn't play everybody right. in that division, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't recall a meeting between them, but, you know, if it was, it was a long time ago, I would be willing to bet. So looking at this, um, you know, the, the the last matchup one that we haven't mentioned yet, um, you got Hollis Brookline going to Kennett. And I, I kind of think, I don't know, I don't know how often you call a, a four or five game an upset if the five wins, but um, oh, is I that think what Brooklyn is a five. Yeah, they're Who's the five the, seed. Okay, that's Plymouth is the six seed. Oh, okay, yeah, I yeah. got it mixed up. Yeah, I'm, uh, um, I'm going with the five seed then. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I know they have to go to Kennett. Um, like I said, it's not going to be great weather, or it's going to be cold weather. Um, but the way Hollis Brookline's been playing, and um, you know, Kennett is a bit of a question mark to me. Um, yeah. I know they've, I know they've had a great season. I know they played well, but. You know, they've played three playoff teams um, and got blown out by two of them. If you had to pick a team to play, not, you know, not that any of them are easy, but Kennett might be the team, you know, mm-hmm. just based yeah. on how they fared against some of the better teams this year. Um, and I think Hollis is, is healthy. Like, they were banged up earlier in the season. I think the last couple of weeks they've had both Wimmer brothers out there. Um, you know, the Thermitis kid is back, been back for a couple of weeks. They looked uh, healthy against Alvern. Yeah. They've got – seems like every receiver they have is 6'3 or taller. <laughs> They've got a lot and, of them. And can run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're going to be tough to beat. I was I was very impressed with them in the Alvern game. I was impressed with Alvern, too, in the loss. 
Um, Alvin, it was weird. It was like, it looked like Hollis Brookline was going to run away with it. They just couldn't stop him. And then in the blink of an eye, Alvin was within a touchdown. Um, it's just, it's, that's going to be a tough grind getting through that field, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and whoever wins it is definitely going to earn it, you know. Uh, probably have to play a different, couple different styles of football too, you know. A lot of spread teams. And then, like I said, there, you got the the wing tee of Pelham and, and Plymouth and even Bo, you know, the more rugged offensive smash mouth style. I mean, you know, as much as, as we, we talked about some of the D1 matchups being intriguing, um, I think D2 is probably just, I mean, I think we could make a case for, for six of the eight teams Absolutely. Being, champi- being a champion at the end of the year, end of this, this three-week stretch here. Yeah, it's much more, to me, that's that's the division that's really interesting, Yeah, those matchups there. Mm-hmm. Um, not to jump ahead, D3 I think will be interesting when we get to the semis. Yeah. Not so much yeah. this week maybe, but who knows. Um, but um, D2 from top to bottom, you know. I mean, what was it? Sauhegan's the eighth seed, right? I don't right. want to speak yeah. again, but they're, they're no picnic, you know. I mean, they, you know. If they, w- if they win next week, I'm not going to be shocked. No, And that's no. nothing against Bo. It's just that they're playing a good opponent, you know. It's yeah. not your typical eighth seed. No, it's not. Um yeah, looking at D3, um, what kind of jumps out to me, number one is the, the, the fact that there's two teams with losing records in, in here at the seven and eight seeds, uh, Newport at seven and Laconia at eight, both four and five. Um, so, I you know, you got to probably assume Lebanon and Trinity, the one and two seeds are moving on. Um, that 3-6 game between Campbell and Stevens, uh, I think this is like the third or fourth year in a row that they've played each other in the playoffs. Um, I know, you know, Campbell beat Stevens last year in the semis and I believe the year before in the quarterfinals. Um, and I think maybe even the year before that. And I think Stevens got them maybe maybe um, during their championship run a couple years ago. They well, one thing I know about Stevens is when the playoffs show arrive, they th- usually put their best game together yeah. a lot of times yeah. in the first round. Um, so they're a scary team. You know, they got Keegan McAllister, a big play guy, um, real dependable and consistent um, that's not going to be an easy one, you know. Um, Campbell could be shorthanded. You know, I'm not sure if they're going to have Keegan Mills for that one. Um, so, you know, not a shocker if Steven, Stevens pulls the upset there. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other interest, other matchup, Hillsborough during Hopkinton at Monadnock, four uh, five game. You know, Monadnock. Um, beat them pretty handedly uh, in a game that was close in the first half, um, more so because of Monadnock's fumbles um, than anything else. Um, you know, Hillsborough Deering was banged up for that game, uh, missing their starting quarterback. Um, they tried a couple different things on offense that really didn't they didn't have much success with, um, and Monadnock blew that game open the second half. But if, um, you know, if, if the Redhawks are, are healthy, going into this one I think it would be a little bit of a closer game but I I still would probably favor Monadnock in this one yeah I haven't seen much of either team this year um Monadnock seems to be just a notch below the the other three teams that are seated above them uh but obviously a quality program winning tradition there particularly recently uh you got to go to their place and win gonna be tough um but that said, you know, it's a decent ma- – it's an intriguing game too, you know. I I would expect that to be competitive at least for into the fourth quarter, you know. 
um, and you, I think you saw the first match, yeah, right? And yeah. I, I know it wasn't as close as a lot of people thought it might be, but as you mentioned, they weren't quite at full strength. And um, I do know enough about HDH to know that if they're playing well, you know, they're going to be a handful. Yeah, um, and Anok did a really nice job of um, shutting down Colby Quiet in that game. He had two long touchdown runs, but outside of that, um, he wasn't able to get really get free and do much. Um, and Manadnock, um, two kids that really have kind of – I've seen them twice this year. Uh, Lincoln Blodgett um, at running back. Um, good player. J- good, yep. Just a tough kid. Um, you know, he's got a little bit of speed, but he doesn't seem to mind running inside either. Um, and then their quarterback, uh, Nate Doyle, who is a um, first-year starter for them, looks like he's got some, you know, the ability to throw the ball around. I don't I – mean, obviously it's something that they don't do a lot of. And I think, you know, in that Campbell game, you saw a little bit of when they had to throw the ball more, they weren't as successful because it wasn't as much of a surprise. But he looks like he's got a pretty decent arm, uh, makes some good decisions. So that's something well, to kind of watch out for. Yeah, if Manadnock can throw it a little bit, you know, that yeah. changes things because, you, you know, you can't just uh, – usually they're just ground and pound, you know, and you, you can't stack the box if, you know, it's like Exeter. You know, sometimes they're two or three for yeah. 80 yards and – two TDs yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know, you catch them by surprise. Um, you don't have to throw it a lot, but you just got to be effective when you do. Uh, and we've got uh, semifinals in Division Four coming up this weekend. Uh, of course, only four teams out of D4 make it. Uh, you got Bishop Brady going to play Winnesquam and then Fall Mountain uh, taking on Raymond. Um, in a, a matchup I think I like beca- just because those are two teams that, um, I don't know, has Raymond ever made the playoffs? And, and Fall Mountain hasn't made it in... Raymond made it a last year, oh. I believe. Uh, thought th- I thought they lost their. I thought they lost to Winnesquam in the first okay, round. Okay, could, could be, could um, be. Fall Mountain, though, that's that's the story of the state, really. Um, I was at their last playoff game, and I don't think I was of drinking age at that time. <laughs> <laughs> they they got blown out by Summersworth. Um, it was a D three semifinal. Um, I think it was, geez, 1994, I want to say. And I, I've actually been trying to research when their last playoff victory was, and I haven't been able to locate anybody who can tell me. Um, so, and, you know, even a winning season. I think this is only their second winning season since 99, or, wow. uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, and they, and credit to them. They were they started the year 0-2, right, yeah. and then they've been really, really good uh, – since then, and they were supposed to have a good defense. That was what was going to carry them, and it's been good for the for the last five games. Um, I did see Raymond play two weeks ago. I, I must I got to give a shout out to Mascoma because they got upset by Mascoma, and I was thoroughly impressed with Mascoma and what they have. So, just keep an eye on them for next year. They're going to be good. A lot of juniors, well coached, etc. But Raymond was a little banged up, and um, I don't think it was the performance they were looking for in their final tune-up heading into the postseason you know um quite a few penalties turnovers didn't run the ball very well so you know they've had two weeks to fix things because of the bye yeah off weeks so we'll see I, you know i know i know last year they only played seven game regular season games too but i don't remember them having 
two out of four weeks off, especially the the week going into the playoffs. Um, I could be wrong I about that. I think they had the first week. I, yeah, off last yeah, year. that sounds right. And, and then, then they like, worked in another buy. Yeah, early October, I think. I don't think I would want to buy going into I wouldn't my either. playoff yeah. game myself. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to play just seven games either. I know they do it for, you know, health reasons for a lot of these teams that don't have big rosters. But well, that's that's probably a discussion for another day. There might yes. be might be something coming down the down the chute. Um, one thing that I, yeah, uh, something we haven't heard of, I feel like we hear about every year or every two years at this time is changes to, to division. Something, something that really hasn't been talked about at all this year. But that's that's a, a conversation for uh, another day, a non non playoff day. That's a whole day. other show. Yeah, yeah. Um, any um, any thoughts or any idea where um, where you're going to be uh, this weekend? Hopefully somewhere Friday night, and then uh, then a game on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> Um, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing I'll be at Londonderry for that yeah. uh, rematch between Londonderry and Pinkerton. Um, so, you know, should be a good one, 2 o'clock. Um, I think it'll be closer than the uh, f- the first matchup. It got away from Pinkerton in the first half of that one, although they did, you know. They made a game of it. Yeah, they made a game of it th- with a good third quarter. Um and they got to I think they got to play a similar game as they did against Bedford, you know, a low low scoring, relatively low scoring anyways, limit big plays, try and control the ball, keep it away from Londonderry and then um, not only control it but get points at the end of their drives as well cuz they're yeah. going to have to score. You're not you're not going to keep Londonderry, you know, too low in terms of the point total. So um, you know, they'll need a, they may need a couple big plays, you know, something in the kicking game kick return, block punt, something like that to help them out. But, I, you know, the craziness, the way Pinkerton has just owned them over the years, um, I, I just can't imagine they're not going to go in there with confidence even though they lost the first matchup this year. And something crazy usually seems to, in, in, in years that you think that Londonderry should win, um, something crazy usually seems to happen. Yeah, like last like, year. Yeah. You know, yeah. beat them twice. And I didn't think, you know, on paper, Londonderry was probably supposed to win both those games. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I just, uh, I just think, um, uh, excuse me, Pinkerton going in as the underdog, being loose. I think Brian O'Reilly won't be afraid to call whatever's in his playbook at any time, because I just think they're going to have a gambling attitude of what do we have to lose? You right. Know? Yeah. If we have to do trick plays, if we've got to throw it on first down, whatever. Um, what do they got to lose, so to speak? So that's that would make me feel good if I was uh, on the Londonderry staff. Yeah. Well, he is uh, Roger Brown from the New Hampshire Football Report and the Union Leader. Roger, thanks again for joining me this week. Sure thing. I am Joe Marcellino. We'll talk to you later.